CSI Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast. It's um, it's nearly the end of September. Uh, actually, I'm in Cornwall. Um, it's about September the 28th, actually, because it's my 32nd wedding anniversary today. So I do know the date. Um, and I'm taking Mrs. Munker for dinner tonight uh, in Cornwall. And that's why I'm down here. Uh, although I have been doing a bit of work with the Cornish Mines, uh, but that's for a different podcast. Um, but because of that, I'm also slightly out of touch a little bit with what the market's doing the last few days. But Phil, how are you? Very well, thank you, Andrew. Uh, congratulations on your wedding anniversary. Uh, but yes, very good. So uh, markets obviously are still very tough. There was, uh, I, I know uh, last week at the end of the podcast, I, I read you out that um, statement from the City of London Investment Trust talking about uh, when the Japanese equities hit their high whatever it was 30 years ago, and how Japanese property was so overvalued. Uh, I think this week it's almost worth starting off on a report actually by Philip Auger, who was a very smart man, used to operate in the equity markets um, very successfully in the sort of 80s and 90s. Um, And he's been on the radio, also written some reports for newspapers. And he's been pointing out that the problems we have in London are not just London problems, actually, but that America now accounts for 70% of the MSCI and is the same market cap as actually, as he puts it, London, Frankfurt, Paris, Tokyo, Toronto, all put together. In fact, he points out that basically all of those exchanges together are the equivalent of the top 10 stocks in the U.S., now, and they're, of course, tech stocks, basically. Um, the, the fangs is five of them. And I think what that's probably telling you is that, first of all, the world needs to really rethink about how it's running equity markets. And probably the best start for the UK is to focus on small and mid-cap because we ain't going to win in the large cap. But that maybe the US market, just as on the other way around, Japan was overvalued 30 years ago, maybe the US market is overvalued now. And actually, the really good switch, and I do feel this is true, is actually out of US tech, probably, into domestic stocks, small and mid-cap. No, it's a very, very interesting thesis, isn't it? But it's, it, is, it is staggering the way that it has become so concentrated on so few, uh, you know, massive multinationals in the States. Um, and there's hundreds of other companies to invest in for, you know, as opportunities. I think yeah, well, you have to take long-term views when you make these sort of big strategic steps. Um, but certainly if I was an asset allocator, I would not be doing what some of them are doing now, which is out of UK domestic into big tech US. I think that's a very dangerous move. I would be going the other way around. But there we go. Um, as for um, tech and technology, uh, we've had a few results. Most of the things seem to be going pretty well at the moment, actually. But the market, of course... It's very difficult to get a good reaction in the market at the moment because the market is just so negative. Actually, there is one. It's biotech, which we don't do at all, by the way. But I happen to follow it because I must confess I I bought a position myself um, about a month ago. And that is Oxford Biodynamics. I don't know if you saw, but um, on, I think it was Tuesday, it went up 160%. Uh, It then went up about 25% yesterday. It's actually come back down again a bit today, which is probably quite sensible. But even so, it's still uh, moved from 
uh, the 11p that I bought it up a month ago to 30p now. Um, and to me, the news actually wasn't that exciting um, in as much as I thought it was already known. And that is that they can produce a reliable test for prostate cancer using blood. Whereas, of course, I think most people know at the moment the PSA test that some of us mm. go along and do, and I, I do recommend having them done. I've had one done a few times. Uh, it's actually very unreliable. It's a, it's a good negative test. If you're fine, you're fine. But if it shows up, you're positive. It's actually only about 15% accurate. Um, but it does show that there is a little bit of life in the market because got that stock got rocking and rolling. But as I say, that's biotech, not tech and trans, really. Um, so we probably ought to move on to tech and trans. And you're going to probably have to lead me through this, Phil, because as I said, I've been running around Cornwall. Um, so I'll let you go and... I, I probably won't be catching you out this week, which is very disappointing. <laughs> oh, that's very sad to hear. Um, I mean, just in terms of sort of wider tech, I can't say it's been a you know a terrific amount of eye-catching um, sort of news, you know, at home or in the states. But uh, just just quickly before we move on from biotech, Andrew, my my trains at the weekends are all delayed at the moment because they're working on a new station south of Cambridge at the AstraZeneca, next to the AstraZeneca um, campus in Cambridge. And all around there, there are huge science parks now uh, involved in biotech development. So it's a, it's a big in, you know, area of investment for the UK. But uh, yeah, anyway. So I noticed today, Phil, in the papers that Oxford University is still ranked the number one university. Yeah, staggering, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, unfortunately, the ones, it's the ones below it that have created the uh, the Googles of this world. But, uh, yeah, let's hope that Oxford and Cambridge can do a, a lot more in terms of spinning out and, uh, you know, particularly in the biotech area. But, yeah. Well, come on, you better uh, start off on the news you know I'm going to love, Phil, because there were interim results this week and a huge order from one of my favourite companies. <laughs> yes, Andrew, well, we couldn't miss this, I guess. All right, let's just quickly start with battery technologies. Infinity Energy Systems, a client of ours, it's ticker is IES. Uh, yeah, they had their they had their interims, Andrew. Um, and obviously, they've been developing flow battery technology, and they have been um, awarded um, some large it's large funding on DOE uh, contracts to develop uh, long duration and assess long duration energy technologies. Uh, the result of this is that they're getting a funded project. Um, I think, for memory, it's just over about eighty megawatt hours of systems. So it's yeah, eighty-four awful. megawatt hours. Yeah, which is big. I mean, that's a lot, lot bigger than anything they've had before. Oh yeah, no, it, it definitely is. It's very excitement, exciting for them. It's, I mean, it's an endorsement for the technology, um, but it shows now the U.S. government uh, interest in in this uh, for long duration versus uh, versus lithium. So yeah, no, that was a really exciting uh, announcement for them. Look, it's all kicking off. In truth, I mean, I think the market is taking such a sort of backseat view of it all, perhaps because. We've been promising jam tomorrow for a little while, and therefore it's saying, has tomorrow really arrived? The answer is yes, with an 84 megawatt hour order, tomorrow has arrived. Um, I think, you know, a few sort of rogue bloggers who don't really do their homework uh, are also suggesting that they're going to need more cash. I mean, in fairness, they do say they're going to need more cash probably halfway through next year. Frankly, that's not that exciting. Um, that's like saying every company needs cash at some stage. What a surprise. Um but the company has been pretty open, so I'm not saying anything I shouldn't, that it is in discussions with strategic shareholders 
that are likely to be the funding vehicle for the future. So you can have a rule it out, but don't really expect um, to come around rattling the tin in the UK with institutions and high net worths. Um, and I think there was a very good comparison this week where Honeywell took a 10% stake in ESS, which is actually an iron flow battery company in the US. Um, and they took a 10% stake, didn't they? And the stock since that is up 25%. Yes, indeed. And as I, you know, yeah, I, I saw that. They're investing, uh, it's an initial investment of $27.5 million, um, I think, to be followed. Uh, they've got warrants to purchase another $20 million. But uh, uh, yeah, total backing there by Honeywell for the technology. So it, it shows, and this has happened through the history of tech developments, that bigger corporations get involved with smaller ones that have got, you know, have got a leading edge tech because they don't want to miss out on the market growth. And it's a quick way of entering is to invest in people who have already developed the tech for these markets. Correct. So if you're a little bit more intelligent than a dumb blogger, and that doesn't have to be very intelligent, you could probably work out that maybe, 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 the company is hoping that something similar will happen, maybe even better, and the share price could leap up a good 25%. Who knows? I'll let the, the listeners work it out. There we go. We shall wait and see. Um, and, and in terms of strategic investment on, on technologies for the energy transition, um, Ceres Power have their interims to June. Um, and they've received previous strategic investments. So, you know, this certainly does happen. Um, and they, uh, yeah, they have interim results. Their revenues were up 17% to £11 million. It's fuel cell development. It's taken a long, long time. As has flow battery development. It requires investment. Um, but the market opportunities are potentially massive. Uh, and Ceres Power, they closed their interims, and they've still got £160 million of cash. Um, but it takes, you know, it takes cash to develop these tech, uh, technologies, and they had a cash outflow of twenty-two million pounds. But it's, but it's well funded, and they're working with uh, Bosch and uh, as strategic partners for their tech. And as we mentioned last week, I think the time for hydrogen another bit of jam tomorrow. But I think the jam is about to land on your toast. <laughs> ah. What a fine foodie pun that is. Um, and a company I don't know if you've looked at before, Andrew, is Dialite. Uh, D-I-A is the ticker. Um, and they develop LED lighting technologies. Obviously, energy saving. Um, and they announced that they had raised, uh, placing, raised £10.5 million pounds from, um, from shareholders. Um, and the price, you know, I think that was done at what, 1.89p, but the price fell slightly on that. I mean, this this one's quite interesting in that they provide it's lighting tech. It's not the LED lights that are in your home. These are these are large lights uh, for for high bays. That's warehousing for floodlights, for uh, warning lights for, for for aircraft. And there, the recent results, they were saying that uh, things were a bit tougher in their markets. Um, they'd seen pressure on on their gross margins because of inventory costs and overhead costs. Um, and so I think that the uh, yeah the funding is well timed for them to help them uh, try and turn around and transform the business. It's tough out there. Yeah, it is. It is difficult. Now this is one that we have talked about before, and it gets us on to uh, sort of more the tech and infrastructure markets. IQ Geo Group, uh, ticker is IQG. Market cap's hundred sixty-two million. Uh, these shares are up thirty-six percent this year. 
Uh, they had their interims. In fact, the shares are up five-fold since 2020. Um, and they provide its geospatial technology um, and software. And this is used by telecoms and utilities. Um, so it's like whereabouts is infrastructure um, in the ground. So if you're planning to roll out telecoms networks, this sort of software is fantastic because it'll show you where to, you know, where you can actually put your fiber optics, um, equally for utilities, for pipe net, gas pipelines, etc., gas networks. Anyway, so it's GPS tech related. Uh, they've got over 500 tel telecoms and utility customers. So it's, you know, it's, a, uh, it's an international business. And they reported that their revenues were up uh, to 20.5 million from 9.2 million in the first half. So a big jump. Uh, but 80, so they had 120% growth, but 83% of that was organic growth. So really strong organic growth. Um, they are investing, however, in their operations and in their, uh, in their uh, development. Um, so they're lost before tax of 0.2 million versus 0.5 million in the prior period. But, um, you know, bear in mind, it is software, there's development costs, there's amortization there. The adjusted EBITDA was 2.7 million versus 0.2 million. Uh, in the prior period. So they've got cash balances of 6.9, uh, but the shares have had a good run. So I think they, they came off um, slightly on those results and they are a bit of a high rating, um, but you know, the company's in the right space at the right time as these, you know, particularly networks, utility infrastructure and is, is growing. So um, yeah, not a decent set of results for them, but making good progress. Fair enough. Uh, Microlize, uh, ticker is SAAS, SAS, 127 million market cap. Um, and this company was established back in 1982 and it's fleet management software, so kind of sticking with transport there. Um, and this is, uh, you know, it's software that connects vehicles back to base um, so that running costs can be monitored, um, you know, where vehicles are. Uh, and operations for vehicles are you know streamlined so it's used by transport uh, companies uh, they've got 400 enterprise clients so again you know revenue is nicely spread uh, and they have reported their interims to june their revenue of 33.9 million um, so that's up by 10 percent so it's organic growth that came down you know that dropped into the gross margins and they increased by 11.8 percent which was good um, however, their operating costs increased, something that we've been seeing. Now, in part, this was inflation, you know, there's an element of inflationary costs because they've got employee costs in there. Um, but also, I think they're expanding as well. Um, so they've been increasing their, their, their headcount for growth. Uh, their profit before tax was 1.2 million. Uh, so that was up by 12%. And they, they've got net cash of, of 14 million. So decently positioned. Um, it's not cheap. Uh, and the shares have been down by 14% this year, um, probably in part because of the higher multiple it's on. But then, you know, reflecting a bit of growth longer term. So it's one to, one to take a look at. One to keep an eye on. Yes, one to keep an eye on, as they say. Now, a smaller one, which I'm sure you've probably known in the past, Transcends Technology, Time Monitoring Tech. Actually, we, yeah. we have discussed it a couple of times in here, but it's not one I know well, actually. I'll be absolutely honest with you, Phil. Yeah, uh, the ticker is TRT. It's only 16 million market count. They had four-year results. I mean, they've, they've got what's called surface acoustic wave uh, sensor technology. 
Um, it's been around for, you know, listed for a good while. But um, they, just a while ago, they licensed um, part of the tech to Bridgestone Corporation. Obviously, Bridgestone's a big maker of tires, so they get royalty revenues from that. Um, but also, their sensors now, they're looking for applications, uh, particularly in terms of measuring torque and temperature. Uh, and increasingly, they're seeing opportunities in terms of gearbox sensors, predictive men, um, maintenance. Um, but I think they are also seeing opportunities in electric propulsion motors uh, for aerospace. Um, so some interesting new applications for the tech. Uh, and with that, uh, their revenues are up by just over 30% to 3.5 million. Um, and the royalties uh, were up to 29% to 2 million. So that was pretty good. Uh, and overall, they saw their profit for tax uh, was 1 million, 1.1 million, up from 0.3 million previously. So profits are increasing, increasing the number of market opportunities that it's got. So that seems to be making half decent progress, albeit small. And then I guess I've got one for me, final one for me on transport systems. Um, and it's a company called Journeyo. Uh, PLC J N E O is a ticket. Thirty-eight million market cap. So yeah, I'm sure I've come across this before, but I think it was called Twenty-first uh, Century Technologies or C Twenty-One. Um, but they're they're techs used across the transport networks uh, for passenger vehicles, buses in particular, and they have CCTV video monitoring um, systems. Also used in trains as well. Um, and a lot of this is going to be for crime prevention. I'm sure on the transport. Um, system, but they've also got tech for, for ticketing systems as well uh, for public transport information. And they reported revenues up uh, by uh, just under 150% to 22 million from 8.9 million. I uh, think uh, just trying to, yeah, like for like revenues were up by 40%. So I'm not sure about whether there's acquired revenue in there. Uh, their record, but more importantly, I was looking at the order books in particular for this one, and they've got record order books of 27 million. So that's versus, you know, revenue previously of 22 million. Don't know how long the order books go out, but clearly they're growing. Uh, but their revenue growth is dropping down to gross profit growth as well, which is good, um, and underlying bottom line profit growth uh, before depreciation. So that was up to two and a half million, 1.7 million, and they have cash of 11.3 million. So everything moving in the right direction for them. I tell you, what, on on sort of well, if you're talking sort of transporty type stuff, uh, I do notice today uh, Sieta, which makes sort of EVs for. Let's start off making EVs for tuk-tuks. I think it's actually gone a bit better it now. It does e-drive systems to a, an Indian joint venture. Uh, but they have announced today that their, their audit can't be done by the end of the month. Um, and so there's going to be a delay. Um, so that one's been hit rather hard just recently. Um, obviously yeah, that's a... So I was just going to say, because the, the chairman had temporarily stepped in to be CEO, and now he's stepped back again. They've got a new CEO, David Wilkinson. So, yeah, not not the start you really want. Slightly frustrating, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can imagine. But, the you know, just to say on audit delays, um, it's definitely not always the company's, you know, problem for the company. It, there is generally, I, I think there's been a problem in the audit industry whereby, you know, larger accountancy firms have seen, big fines on audits and, and, you know, there's a shortage of accountants wanting to do audits as well. So I think, you know, there's an industry issue there as well regarding audit. No, there's a huge problem. The audit industry is over-trading. 
and has caused so many people so many issues. It's quite unbelievable. I regularly go out, as you know, and see companies. And the number of times now that companies have complained to me about their auditor, uh, and we have quite a few of our clients looking to change auditor, um, it's not a healthy place to be. I mean, they've all had a five years of making a huge amount of money, but um, because they're all so uber busy. Um, but yeah, there's a problem in the audit industry. Yeah, yeah, there is. Okay. Well, there, there we are, Andrew. Uh, anyway, oh, I thought you might mention Ford Partners. Oh, God. Okay. Go on, Andrew. You do that. I, I quickly looked at it this morning. I must admit. Oh, I love it. Detail. I managed to catch you in the end of it. Actually, yeah, you... I do I find Ford Partners is interesting because obviously we look at quite a lot of these, what I describe as tech funds. Yes. Um, these, this one, Ford Partners is one of the small ones. Tends to look at the early stage technology business, you know, quite early stage, uh, which I quite like. Uh, I think most people know that our, our, the one that we act for is Superseed and they're doing really well. But what I find interesting about Forward Partners is, again, actually, it's not bad, you know. Um, there's obviously been a slight decline in fair value, which is hardly a surprise, bearing in mind the current sort of valuation uh, issues, uh, but only 5.4%, which really is, is very, very small. And um, so I find that interesting. They've got plenty of cash to sort of um, see through any sort of requirements for additional funding into their... Uh, portfolios um, but I also noticed that they really are keeping their costs at a very sensible level their net operating expenses reduced to 1.8 million pounds um, now if you compare that with things like IP group molten ventures you know you, you put a naught on the end virtually so it's very nice to see a company that is actually being very sensible uh, keeping its costs tight and actually holding it, holding on in there. Um, so I think that's a little bit of a shout out for forward partners, actually. I think well, well done to them. Oh, great. Well, I'll look, I'll look uh, next time, Andrew, I'll have a look more at that one. But obviously, it looks like they're acting in shareholders' interests. I did have a, a look at some of their portfolio, and they've got a nice, yeah, they've got a nice spread of technologies in there that they've invested in. But, I mean, that's obviously, a... the stock price is, is very tough. It's down at. Uh... I just said the NAV was, I think, what, 57 or 60 or something. Stock price is 29. I mean, what a discount. Uh, these discounts are too big. The market is getting it all wrong. But again, you've got to be a long-term shareholder to say, look, I'll buy, pick it up now. I'll sit on it for maybe three or four years. Probably the NAV will go up and that discount will close as well. So you get a double whammy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I would be a buyer of forward partners. Ah, there we are. Well, that sounds like a very good note to end on, I think. Yep, that sounds good, uh, particularly as I'm down here. I will be back next week. Um, unfortunately, we've got trains and tubes and everything striking next week, so who knows where we'll be doing it from. Uh, we are doing a roadshow for our friends in Minnesota as well, the management rover from America. Uh, but we'll have things to talk about. Again, as I always say, if you've got messages you want to pass on, uh, we do like the messages that come in, which we get thousands of Phil don't be saying what, how, how much people appreciate this podcast and how good they think we are we, we love those messages keep sending them in but you can also send other ones as well if you want uh, or if you've got anything you want us to talk about please let us know and on that note we'll speak again next week excellent I look forward to that Andrew this podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital it is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice the information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. 
please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.